You're listening to The Unprofessional Entrepreneur, the podcast where small business owners learn to build their business unprofessionally. It's high time to stop stressing about having perfect content and a conventional way to market your business. I want you to embrace your unprofessional side and learn to succeed on your own terms. I'm your host, Feli, a feel-good marketing mentor and the owner of a content repurposing agency, FDVA. Tune in each Thursday when new episodes air and let's build your business unprofessionally. Let's start this off by talking about the quotation marks that I put around the word job. Like if you could see me right now, I'm doing finger quotes, but that's why there's quotation marks because finger quotes don't translate to writing. And the reason that job is in a quotation mark is because I don't mean like go and get a nine to five. I don't mean it has to be a corporate job. You know, the idea that everyone has in their mind of what a real job is. Real also said with quotation marks because like who the fuck defines what's a real job? But what I mean when I say job is I mean a different person is in charge of money entering your bank account every two weeks, every week, every month, whatever it is in the country you live in. Because There is this weird stigma online that you haven't made it unless you're 100% earning from your business, but what's not talked about is the fucking amount of pressure that that means for you. The amount of pressure you put on yourself by being fully reliant on yourself to pay your bills to survive essentially because we need money to survive as much as we wish we didn't. So that's what this episode is. I'm letting you know I have a job in quotation in quotation marks. I work as a subcontractor for an engagement agency actually, a good friend of mine. One day maybe she'll be on this show when she's not so busy. Um Emma, her her agency is Right Hand Glam. Sorry, I'm booked and busy until July. You can't hire me. <laughs> but I've been working for her since February and it was just so fucking necessary because I was literally waking up in the middle of the night burning hot, like my body was on fire, my heart was beating out of my chest, my nervous system was so out of whack because I was last minute flying back to Canada for my grandma's funeral, planning, figuring out, trying to figure the fuck out how I would be able to live in France, not just financially, but like visa wise. And knowing that I was going to have to return to Canada after three years abroad, that I was going to have to go to France and meet my partner's entire family after being together for three years and not meeting a single person. Like there was so much high stress in my personal life. And like, (laughs) I don't know about you guys, but as much as I used to say on every application that I loved high stress situations, there's a huge difference between a high stress situation at work where it's like, okay, we're busy, there's deadlines. And in your life where it's like, I'm don't I literally don't know what my life is going to look like in three months and I literally can't know because I don't know what's going to happen when I leave Mexico after being here for three years if 
if I'm going to have problems with immigration. I don't know what it's going to be like to go to Canada. I don't know the house my parents live in because they fucking moved out of the family house and I've never seen their condo. I don't know what it's going to be like to be there after the pandemic, after the, while they're going through all these price raises and people have just lost their mind. I don't know if they'll still be scared of absolutely everything and everyone, or if it's, it's stopped. I don't know if I'm going to get approved for my visa to live in France. I don't know if I'm going to have the money in my bank account needed for the visa to move to France. I don't know if I'm going to have problems when I cross the border and enter France. And, you know, like there was so, so, so many unpredictable variables in my life as of basically January 5th when my grandma died, January 6th, the epiphany. Um, Basically, as soon as I got the news, it was like all my plans just got thrown up in the air like a stack of cards. And it was like, what? tell me what card you're going to catch, which one you're going to catch out of the air out of 52. No fucking clue which path was going to be I had no fucking clue which path would be in my hand at this moment, and I couldn't. The probability was one in 52, you know? And me, Gemini brain, so lost in my head at all times, I would try and sleep and I would think of the hundreds of possibilities of what was waiting for me, of what could happen, of what would I do if this happened and how would I react and how would that change everything that happens after that? And it's like, that's not fucking helpful. <laughs> like, I know that's not helpful, but I, I can't always shut my brain off. Like, I would literally fall asleep to meditations, wake up in the middle of the night and put on another meditation to fall asleep because I couldn't have silence because my brain couldn't stop. And it was just like, ooh, oh my God, I can't like, <sighs> I'm just going to leave it there because that's that's the state that I was in when I saw the opportunity that Right Hand Glam was booked out and potentially hiring. And I was like, I, I, I just got to throw my ego aside and say, would you consider hiring me? Because I won't hire friends. It's obviously different. We're online internet entrepreneur friends. I don't hire in real life friends from bad experiences. And it's hard when someone doesn't know working online versus someone who does. And so I've been through her program. I obviously have worked online for three years. I have been connected with her for so long. So it was like, there was already a level of trust and a knowledge that I could do the job and I wasn't just going to fuck someone over because I run an agency and I know how much that sucks. Um, But thankfully she trusted me. She hired me and it's been so fucking good. Like when I was in Canada to not have to worry when I'm now in France to not have to worry that there is a steady paycheck. And now I'm like out of my brain and into my body more, which I couldn't at that time do. Like Q1 was kind of a write-off for for my nervous system, (laughs) as sad as that is to say, even April. So now that I'm like getting back into my nervous system and getting back into marketing my business, it's good and it's fun and it feels good again. But there was a time where it basically wasn't possible no matter what I did to my schedule, no matter how many meditations, journaling, self-coaching that I did, there was just this 
massive fear and uncertainty that I couldn't remove from my brain, no matter how much personal development I did. (laughs) And the job, the steady paycheck, the weekly income into my bank gave me peace that my personal development, that my online business, that no amount of belief work could give to me. So if you are struggling, if you're going through it, I don't know, if you're pregnant, if you're having a baby, if you're getting married, if there's something new thrown into the mix that takes the what I was doing was working to I don't know how this is going to work anymore because what I was doing will no longer work moving forward. It's totally okay to get a job. After I got my job, it took me a long time to talk about it publicly. I actually, ooh, let's check. When did I put out the post? And this post was after I'd already spoken about it, but it it took me... So I made a carousel post on May 4th, I'll share it in the show notes, um, about my subcontractor position. I had casually mentioned it and talked about it a few times before, but I was feeling a whole lot of imposter syndrome around the fact that I had a job, probably right up until I had my call for Catalyst, if you listen to this uh, I. If you listen to the episode where I talk about selling 54 times in April, like that's the program that I did, but I had a call with Abigail at the end of April. No, what month are we? I had a call with Abigail at the end of March and I mentioned like I felt icky talking about the fact that I don't earn 100% through my business and she was like, I still nanny. Like I have a six-figure business and I nanny because there's something about security. So again, like it, it's, I don't know where this belief came from. I don't know why I adopted it and I don't know why it was so scary, but honestly, the belief held me back from even looking for a job in the first place. Like I would look for jobs and then be like, I can't do it because that's, that's admitting defeat. That's admitting failure. And it's like, I'm so glad that I saw the opportunity and I like, honestly, I probably saw it in a low moment. Well, I probably saw it in a low moment and was like, I'm throwing it out there. I'm just gonna, let's see, let's, let's see what happens. You know, like it was like a no fucks given moment (laughs) versus like an intentional, I, I need this and let's get realistic. So, but if you are in this position, I just want to let you know, because since I've made that post, since I started talking about it on my story, since I've been more public about the fact that I don't earn 100% through my entrepreneurial business, I'm technically like freelancing and like not freelancing on Fiverr, not freelancing on Upwork, not like my own freelance clients. Like I'm working under an agency and I don't have to do any form of marketing, any form of pitching myself. The work just comes to me and I do it because I had been on Fiverr and I have made decent money on Fiverr. I've made a couple thousand dollars through Fiverr, but Fiverr is unpredictable and I cannot control when I'm getting clients, when I'm getting paid. I can have high views on my gigs and still not get anyone booked, you know? So it's like as much as I enjoyed Fiverr work and as much as I have fallen in love with getting paid to beta read, like thank you, it just it didn't cool my nervous system the same way that the subcontracting position did, the same way that working for someone else's agency has. 
So let's get into the part that you actually all care about the most, and that is the types of jobs that you can do if you're in a similar position and wanting to start working for someone else to support your business, because that's how I see it. Like I got a subcontractor position so I could continue my business. I didn't want to get a nine to five and not be able to work on my business or end up having to do like 14 hour days or something. I wanted something small, but to cover my bills and to provide comfort um, during this huge transition in my life, because that's what it was. It was moving from Mexico to Canada to France, losing my grandma, seeing my whole family after three years, meeting my partner's family. Like it was Q1, April, Q2, massive transition in my life. And I just couldn't give my business what I know it deserves. And so I had to take care of myself in another way. So types of work that you can do. If you are someone that lives in a city, because this makes a huge difference. I'm not someone that lives in a city. I am not someone that currently has a vehicle. Um, I'm also living in a tiny countryside in the south of France where they're pretty old fashioned. So like not a lot of options for me here in real life. (laughs) But if you're someone who lives in a place where you could get real life positions, great things to do are gig work. So that could be driving Uber cars, performing tasks on sites like TaskRabbit or nannying or banquet serving. I know this is, again, big city people, but when I lived in Vancouver, there was a website, I think it was also an app, but it was um, it was for banquet serving. And so it was all basically the major hotels in Vancouver that I think they just like pitched and got them to give them the gigs that whenever they were short staff or they had big events on, so they needed extra staff they could post the gigs and anyone could accept it. All you needed was a white button down shirt and black pants, black shoes to show up at the time they asked. You usually got a meal with your service and the payment came in like one week or something to your bank account. So I've been in a bunch of fancy hotels downtown Vancouver (laughs) because I used to do that when I was doing um, extra work. If extra work was slow, Or if I had nights free, like sometimes I just wanted to be social, you know? So it was like, okay, I'll go banquet serve for five hours. I'll go walk around a wedding and hand out wine for five hours. Like I, my preferred ones was setups. I didn't actually like serving at meals (laughs) because I'm nervous and I'm not very strong and some like I was straight up like I don't do oval platters if you know what that is it's like the giant gray oval platters that they carry like eight plates or something like I'm like I I can carry four plates but I don't trust me to carry eight plates and (laughs) I remember the first banquet that I did it was like six hours and I walked around with a tray of beer that was full of beer bottles And the next day I couldn't lift my arms. So like, I'm a weak bitch. (laughs) Like I'd rather set up tables and tablecloths and put the the place settings out than be trusted with $100 plate meals because that makes me nervous. And yeah, Um, gig work, great way. There's always going to be an option where you are. I don't like children, but nannying is super accessible. Uber driving, TaskRabbit, whatever. There's going to be something accessible to you. 
Next one, what I do, subcontractor work, working for an agency. So this is something that I think all of us in the online space could easily find and access. Literally just put it out there that you're looking for some sub you're looking for some subcontractor work through an agency or through an entrepreneur, like literally becoming someone's VA, even if you don't use the ti- the title VA, but like assistant, whatever. For me, I can write content, I can do engagement, I can do any kind of like social media, like someone could hire me to schedule all their posts. I know all of it. It's not what I do, but it's a skill that I have. And because of my experience, because of my knowledge, people trust me with that kind of thing, right? So like, again, put your ego aside. What can you do, even if it seems like the most basic thing? Someone will pay you for it, and that's what you want is a steady paycheck. So looking for agencies. Honestly, side note, I want to start looking for some kind of agency, French, Spanish, or English speaking, that's looking for a graphic designer or web designer for the Frenchman because I would like him to have some kind of steady pay with me, especially if we're going to be planning a wedding. Um, and the last one that I wanted to mention is shift work in hospitality or really any kind of shift work. Um, I'm, when I wrote this, I was thinking like coffee shops or restaurants and the good thing with shift work is like, there's a lot of places that just want someone to work Saturday night, their busy, busiest night, but they don't need someone the rest of the week, you know? And especially as we're coming up to summer, depending on when you're listening to this, there will be a lot of places that need a cover shift, that need someone to cover. And yes, this position is easier to get if you have a friend who works there or know a manager or something that you can kind of be like their on-call person. But hospitality always needs people. And like, I don't know about where you live, but when I was in Vancouver, my parents told me that restaurants are literally shutting down because nobody wants to work hospitality and they have no servers. They have no cooks to run restaurants. A lot of restaurants are only open at night now. They don't do lunches anymore. And like coming up to summer, I'm sure there's going to be a big push. And the good thing with that is hospitality is usually short shifts, like four to five hours, flexible in that there's usually people you can trade shifts with if you don't want to work or pick up more shifts if you want more work. So that's the third one that I recommend looking into if you are someone who's like, I just want something casual, but I need something to support me and my nervous system. So let this episode be the permission slip. It is totally, totally, totally acceptable and okay and more than cool and more than normal. A lot of people have it and don't tell you to have some kind of income that is not just your business. Some kind of, and this is where it's like quote unquote steady. Like I know I'm getting paid every Friday from Right Hand Glam. I have five clients. And so like if one left and she didn't fill the spot, I'd still be getting paid every Friday. The chances of all five clients leaving and not replacing them because I'm pretty sure she's on a wait list already. Like that's how busy she is. Yeah, no, like my job is steady as a subcontractor. And if you get hired into a big agency, a busy agency, chances are that there will be steady work. I looked at some writing positions, but I just creatively, I think that would burn me out. So yeah, find what works for you. 
find what you need. And honestly, even if you just needed social interaction, I know people who do get some kind of shift work for that social aspect. If I got desperate, I would maybe look for something here in France because I haven't met anyone and I got no friends, but I think I'm going to try and do the gym instead, but we'll see (laughs) because that's really not my thing. Um, But yeah, I'm going to leave that there. I think this episode is what a lot of you need to hear. And if you feel that way, please reach out to me. I've already had great, great responses from people on Instagram from my original post and from when I first started talking about it on stories that it was the message they needed. They were jealous and they want what I have, you know, like just release the pressure around the idea of what it means to get a job and to have a job and to not be 100% reliant on your business. I feel like this episode was really rambly, so I'm going to cut it off real quick. I'll see you all next week whenever there's another episode of The Unprofessional Entrepreneur, and I want you to remember to stay 